it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock this evening. It is 5-11 right now, 80 degrees, make that 79 degrees as we cool down a little bit after a very nice Monday. Matt Daniels, Bob Osmustin, Scott Ritchie, all here. We're with you until 6, 356-9397 is the phone number. Plenty of things to talk about, kind of recapping a big uh, Illinois weekend, but the big news of the weekend was the arrival of a new addition <laughs> to the lineup of the uh, Mayberry Daniels family. Uh, get us up to date on that. Matt. Yeah, Steve, I don't know if that was the the big uh, the big weekend news, but uh, it certainly was in our household. Uh, my wife, Nora, and I are uh, proud to uh, have a third child in uh, our household. Sterling Matthew Mayberry Daniels was born at 1220 a.m. on Thursday, April 18th, and uh, he's doing well. We got home uh, Friday evening and uh, getting all reacquainted and adjusted. Uh, Sterling joined sibling Sawyer, who's uh, who'll be four in July, and then uh, Sully, who'll be two and a half in May, so uh, it's a very active household right now, and Sterling's doing his best to sleep through all the madness right now. Our children, are you never not proud when the child is born? Used to I was really proud of my wife. Well, that, that's uh, good. That was, I, I'm speaking from a male perspective. I don't know how she went through something like that, but uh, newfound respect and appreciation for her. But uh, what, Bob? You're, well, you're I was going to say, if it was left to us, <laughs> if it was left to men, there would be no children, right? We oh, had yeah. To, we had to have the kids. <laughs> no way. No, no way. I completely so 100% I com- agree. I'm with you. Uh, Julie had two, mm-hmm. and that was... And uh, we think it's funny. Your wife was not funny. She was out of the hospital in the day, basically, right? Uh, we, she yeah, got out of the hospital Friday afternoon. Okay, so in the old days, mm-hmm. when we were born, yeah. I think our parents were in there for like two weeks. I remember when, when Sawyer was born, this was July 2015, we were in there for about four days, and we were first-time parents. And I'm sure if you're a first-time parent, you could speak to this, but we were like, do we have to leave? Right. Are, are you sure you, you're letting us? We don't know what to do. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know what to do. And everybody so, has that feeling. Yeah. Right? But it's cool. Well, congrats. Thanks, And was number four? Uh, not anytime Maybe soon. Maybe next year? No, okay. I hope not. I hope uh, Scott Ritchie's taking notes over there <laughs> because he's the only uh, member of the panel not to experience this. But one thing you should have learned by just hanging around with guys like us is the star of the show is the mom. Mm-hmm. And make sure when you... Have a wife that you make sure that she knows that she's the star of the show and you'll be in good shape. That's sound advice. And uh, their women are a lot tougher than men. I oh. felt pretty good on uh, Wednesday night. I was a professional ice chip producer yeah. on, on Wednesday mm-hmm. night. So I had that down pat, the, the routine and everything. But that was the easy part for me. I'm glad everybody is doing well. So how did you get out of the house for this uh, show today? Uh, they're over at the in-laws right now for a little bit. They're going to uh, come pick me up here once the show's done. But, uh, yeah, just uh, 
I, I didn't sneak out of the house. They they dropped me off here, so they know where <laughs> I'm at. There was a difference. My, Matt can probably confirm this. Between after you w- have one, it's mm-hmm. obviously an ordeal, and it's very scary, and it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun too, of course. But when you have two and three, it that's not. It's still a big deal, mm-hmm. but it's not quite as scary. I think. No, the I agree. One, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, parenting advice. Like, on I'm the worst parent talk. ever, so I, <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this, but I, I, the second one was a lot, of, and she was easier as it turned out too. Hopefully one, nobody listening. I was a one and done, so you might write that down, Scott. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad strategy. It doesn't sound terrible, no. <laughs> three five six nine three nine seven is the number. Again, uh, a lot to talk about. The Illinois Marathon is coming up later in the week at the bottom of the hour. We'll catch up with uh, race director Mike Lindemann to find out how things are going in uh, the planning stages here as we hit race week for the eleventh year. Always a big weekend for you guys. It's, that's a, I would think, it's not an easy event to cover. No, it's not. Uh, we do a, I think we do a superb job uh, leading up to it, and, and then with uh, you know the special section that'll come out uh, next Sunday, where every uh, person that runs in the race, their name will be listed, and Bob over here has graciously volunteered his time to cover. No, uh, <laughs> I'm going. I happily, I will ha- love to go. And I went last year, and it's yeah. it's fun. Bob uh, will be there to to recap uh, sure. the winners uh, for the male and female side on the marathon, and then Colin Likas, our preps coordinator, uh, will turn into the everyman uh, on on Saturday and talk to all. It seems like everyone that runs in the race, he'll have a very comprehensive notebook, and then our our dedicated and talented photo staff. With Robin Schultz, Stephen Haas, and Rick Danzel will be out uh, at Memorial Stadium at the 50-yard line where the finish line is and out across the community as the uh, runners, uh, you know, go through the course. And uh, it's a big-time event and one that uh, we take seriously here. Bob, you got a chance to uh, catch up with Craig Virgin. Right. He'll be back uh, for the marathon and uh, a member of the Hall of Fame, first Hall of Fame class at the U of I, and, and a lot probably, of legend. Probably, yeah. yeah. A really great runner, obviously, over the course of his career. The thing that disappointment for him is Olympics, because he, had, he was there, he qualified three times, taking it to run in 80, of course, because they boycotted it. But he had disappointing finishes in the Olympics, but everything else he did in his career was uh, stellar. Really great. Uh, won the uh, World Cross Ch- Country Championships twice. Which I think no American has ever done other than him. So it's in back to back years. So it's pretty amazing. Back in his day, there were home track and field meets. Oh, lots of them. You could see yes. them and cross country right. meets as well. And big crowds. Those are kind of a thing of the past, unfortunately. It's unreal to me. I've never saw never saw a track in the stadium. But they used to run track into the stadium now. Steve, you might be remember remember that, right? Yeah. So it sounds cool and he's really enjoyed it. I think he loves the the marathon is finishing there, too. It's kind of cool. They had the um, Big Ten Championships in cross-country at least once right. down at Savoy of the U of I golf course, right. and he won that. He won that, and he uh, obviously, you look at his career marks, it's amazing, of course, his college and international stuff is. He holds the, I think, state cross-country record still, and I, or maybe the two-mile, one of those two he holds, and that's been like 50 years. Yeah, no, he's, he still does hold the, the state high school cross country. And I know okay. John Davis, uh, who runs at Illinois now, when he was at high school at Oakwood, tried uh, came close to right. to breaking that mark, but Virgin still still holds the record. And I know when Davis was going through his standout prep career at Oakwood, those two kind of uh, you know got in touch and communicated. Right. And, uh, you know, Virgin, I think, obviously, in reading your column today, Bob, he 
wants to give back to the the racing community. It's going to be a really cool uh, event for him to do so this weekend in Champaign Urbana. He should be here every year involved with this. I th- and th- I think that's his uh, desire. I think he wants to do that. He's living now. He's uh, split between uh, where I uh, saw him down in Lebanon, Illinois, and also in Crystal Lake. But I think he's moving full time to Crystal Lake. So that's where his wife's from. So he's going to be there. And there's pretty easy commute every year. So I think he, he should be involved every year, wants to be involved every year. And it's great that they realized, get him back here and have him be the legend, have him be around. He could almost be an ambassador for the sport and for the event because obviously he has a great desire to make it work here. So it's, it's cool, Del. More on the Illinois Marathon coming up in uh, just a little bit. The phone line is open, 356-9397. Let's go to the phones and say hi to Neil in Bloomington. Hey, Neil, you're on the air. Go ahead. I want to tell uh, Scott Ritchie, uh, what do you think about my prediction that I told you last week that uh, the guard was coming back, and I saw on Facebook on Thursday about 5 o'clock that that's exactly what happened. And i got two more questions for you. Um, have have those two big guys sign their letters of intent, and then I see on uh, Twitter over the weekend that there's a guy from Italy that they're trying to uh, uh, get. So can you... Uh, Touch on those, for, and I'll listen. Thanks for your time, and you guys have a great day. Yeah, thanks, Neil. We'll thanks, do that. Neil. Go ahead, Scott. Well, Neil's right. I would assume it is coming <laughs> back uh, for his sophomore season at Illinois and not going to even test you know, the NBA draft waters, as it were. So that was uh, a big deal for Illinois because uh, I would assume it was a player that they could not have replaced at this point of the offseason. Um, it just couldn't happen. I mean, there's not a lot of five-star guards still you know, waiting around to – Pick their college home. There's, there's one, actually, and it's Cole Anthony, and he's going to decide this week, I think, or fairly soon. Um, in terms of the two 2019 big men, no, they did not sign uh, their letters of intent last week, but they have until May 15th. So, I mean, no reason to get worried. I think Illinois is certainly expecting both of those guys to sign um, before the, the deadline hits. It's they don't just, really have to sign, though, do they? I mean, they don't, no, yeah. but uh, they, they probably will. Yeah. It's, it's just sort of the what you do, even though you don't technically have to. You just have to sign your scholarship paperwork. Uh, but uh, still time for those guys to, to work that out and get that all taken care of. And then uh, the last question, yeah, Illinois did host uh, Tomas or Thomas. I'm not sure how to pronounce his first name, but I've got his last name, even it's harder, uh, Tense. Um He's originally from Italy, but uh, he went to high school, uh, to prep school in Florida, and then played the last two years at Indian Hills Community College in, in Iowa. Uh, he's the number nine ranked JUCO player in the country, um, which worked out well for Illinois last year, adding Andres Feliz, who was the number 12 JUCO prospect. Um, the main thing that he does extremely well is something that Illinois is in uh, desperate need of, is probably fair, and that's three-point shooting. He shot 47% uh, as a sophomore for um, Indian Hills and was a JUCO All-American. And it's good, good size, 6'5". 195 and left-hander which is currently covered in a cast <laughs> but uh assume all is well there and he'd be a good good piece for illinois to add and kind of round out their uh 2019 2020 roster back to io's decision were you a little bit surprised that he didn't at least test it because you could test it with no obligation no risk really yeah i mean a little bit just because there is no downside to it, but uh, you can get feedback without you know, actually entering the, the draft. And sure. you know, 
it wouldn't have surprised me if what Isle got back was, at this point, you know, a more likely second round pick and come back to school if that's the case. Because right now in the 2020 mock drafts that are, that are out there, that that's a thing that exists, even though the yeah. 2019 draft is still a couple months away. Uh, I've he's projected as high right now, and some and one of them as the number six overall pick. So that's um, certainly a difference uh, monetarily than going in the second round perhaps this June. I wonder if it's kind of like with Iowa, like the getting your credit score all the time <laughs> tends to mess it up. I wonder if uh, maybe it's better for him not to have done this because when he comes out next year, it'll be fresh. There'll be no knocks on him, which right now there would be a lot of knocks probably. Scott's right. He'd be second round guy. So I wonder if they, I know they say it does matter, but I think waiting, why not wait too? Why not do it next year? Well, and I think reading Scott's story in, in Sunday's News Gazette, News Gazette after Io spoke on, on Saturday afternoon over at Ubbin, uh, it, it made sense to me that he was coming back and not even going through because he said himself that he wanted to be fully dedicated, he wanted to be fully in, and even if he was going through the process and you know going through the NBA Combine, he still could come back to Illinois, but he's still kind of focusing on his, his pro career, and uh, he's a guy that I'd be shocked if you see him in an Illinois uniform once the 2019-2020 season is over, if everything goes according to plan next season. Uh, it seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he talked to uh, those people closest to him, his family, extended family, and seems like he thought long and hard about it. It wasn't like he just came out right after the season ended and said, this is what I'm going to do. He obviously took some time, more than a month, and, and made up his decision, and uh, it, it benefits Illinois uh, for the 2019-2020 season. Here's the way he c- could come back, I think. Scott, tell me if you think this is right. Let's say this next year, he's okay. He's as good as he was this year, maybe a little bit better, but does make a huge leap. I wonder if that would maybe convince him, maybe I need a third year. And that happens sometimes. Guys, you know, they hit a great stride as a freshman, and they don't, they don't make that progress in the second year. I wonder if that could, could that happen to him. I mean, anything you know, could right. happen. And um, I sort of see him, though, taking his right. game you to think, another level you think and so, right. even if he doesn't the, the, the potential in him is still there because he's sure. still you know he's pretty young you know, for his class um he's not wasn't like an older high school senior right so and you know nba teams when they see the potential with io it's you know his length and uh, his ability to get to the rim and how competitive he is and kind of how heady he is you know running the point they nba teams think that they can bring along that potential better than college teams can. That's just their mindset. It's like, of course, that's what they have to think, right? Yeah, so right. I can still see teams taking a chance on him, even if his numbers next year look similar to this okay. past season. that makes sense. Let's go back to the phones. Dana has been hanging on. Go ahead, Dana. You're on the air. Oh, thank you. Hey, I've uh, lived here all my life here in Champaign, and I like the University of Illinois. I've always been a fan and really not a pro fan at all to any of the pro teams, but I do like the college uh, scene. And I've always talked to my family about uh, Illinois, and they know it. <laughs> and uh, one one in particular out east, his name is Jimmy Christ. Uh, he's my nephew, and he's a, a four-star recruit in defense in Virginia. He's a high school senior this year. And uh, last uh, November, I got to take him over to Notre Dame, picked him up at O'Hare, took him out there on an unofficial visit and got to see the <clears throat> workings of their university and 
their football program. Very impressive. Um, he's been recruited by like Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Oklahoma, uh, Rutgers, uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, on down the line, about 30 other schools all together. And last week he was uh, at Oklahoma and uh, they sent me pictures of Barry Switzer. And uh, I'm just proud that he's been able to uh, be out there. And and it's nice to see someone in my family. I'm 65 years old, so I have to speak up some way because I probably won't get to any other way. <laughs> Was, has Illinois contacted him? Is he on their list? Not, not at all. Well, then you should and call I, Illinois. I have. They, they've ignored, ignored my calls. One one of the guys over there said, well, we only recruit out of uh, this area. We don't go as far as Washington, D.C. I said, well, I've been the best recruiter for you. I've talked to them all about you, and I, I'm their uncle, and I'm the only person that's um, uh, a family member at a university town. So... He's either he's narrowed it down right now because they're going to make a decision probably in the next month, and uh, they're either going to go with Penn State, Notre Dame, uh, Oklahoma, or Virginia. Now his brother plays at Virginia, and that might be a factor there for him, but I I don't think it has the notoriety for football like uh, some of the other schools. And I've always talked about Illinois and. I know he would come here for a visit if they if they offered him a scholarship because he was offered to he was offered a visit down to Alabama, but they didn't offer him a scholarship and he refused to go. So he's at that point of stage of life where he's not going to wait until his senior year begins to make a commitment because by then, well, what if you get injured? What if something happens? He, he's seen other players where they committed late and then they don't they don't get accepted we are we're in pretty regular contact with the coaches next time i talk to them they can't say anything publicly obviously about any recruits no. but i can talk to them and and see what the what the look, deal is look him up on sports 247 his name is jimmy and it's spelled like christ c-h-r-i-s-t now Notre dane can't pass that up can they <laughs> good point <laughs> really good point Anyway, when I told him when we were there and we were in line to go into the stadium to march with the players into the stadium, I turned around and I said, there's touchdown Jesus. And he said, no way, that's, that's not, that can't be right. And I turned to a Notre Dame fan and they uh, said, yeah, that's, he's saying the right thing. And, you know, just the enthusiasm of their, their people as we walked in, as uh, he, they knew he was a recruit. They were saying, "Come here, come here." <laughs> it, it's a whole, it's an exciting uh, process there. Well, it sounds like he's got some good possible options. Hey, Dana, thanks for but calling. We think, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, nice talking to you. Bye bye. Yeah, have a good one. Three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number if you'd like to join us. Speaking of transfers and football transfers, uh, Tommy Stevens, a quarterback at Penn State is said to be uh, leaving Penn State. He, we thought that maybe, uh, Scott, that he might be the the heir apparent to McSorley, but uh, he says he's leaving. He, he reportedly is considering Illinois, Ole Miss, 
Louisville, NC State, and Pittsburgh. He's originally from Indianapolis. Yeah, and uh, saw a little bit just of some Penn State spring football coverage. Apparently, he had a foot injury you know, this spring, and maybe you know didn't show enough. The James Franklin came out and said, "Yes, you're our starter moving forward." So he's looking elsewhere. Uh, he's you know hasn't really played much in the last three years, backing up Trace McSorley. Um, but yeah, he obviously kind of fits it, that dual threat mode and. Illinois, you know, wouldn't hurt to have another quarterback maybe on the roster. He's a big guy, 6'5", I think he weighs 240, so definitely a big guy. And uh, the only thing I wonder, Scott mentioned it, is lack of experience. So would you want rather have him, he's played less than M.G. Rivers, right? Would you rather have him at quarterback? He's got, I think, 110 yards last year, so he threw four as a backup. That's not a lot, a lot of throws. That's not a lot of work. One pick, one one TD. So I don't think it's like you got. If you're going to take that guy, you better be sure he can improve your team. And they got Isaiah, Isaiah Williams coming in. Rivers there. They got two other guys, freshmen. So I don't see it. I think they could take him, but I doubt it. I guess no. Uh, if it's not him, I still think it makes sense for Illinois to have had a quarterback. A, right. a, a graduate transfer right, as, as a fine. bridge for these still young quarterbacks that if we're you know just basing it on spring so far but i don't know that any of them looked ready no. to be a, a big 10 starting quarterback but, but Khalil Tate would make sense because he's a great player he's obviously shown a lot over the course of the years but it sounds like he's locked in at arizona he would be one but if it's not him Rod Smith better, can be persuasive well right but it's got to be somebody that really will, will enhance the team I don't think I don't think uh, Tommy would enhance the team. Is my guess. He probably go somewhere and throw for four thousand yards, but right now I'm <laughs> guessing no. He won't do that. Five thirty-two WDWS Champaign Urbana. We'll take a time out and be back with more Monday Night Sports Talk after this. Stay with us. That's coming up tomorrow right here on News Talk fourteen hundred DWS. This is Monday Night Sports Talk with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmuston, Scott Ritchie. I'm Steve Kelly with you until six. Phone line is open, 356-9397. We mentioned off the top, the Illinois Marathon coming up and maybe in the running for the busiest man in uh, Champaign County this week, Mike Lindemann, uh, the race director, joins me on the phone. How are you doing, Michael? I'm good. How are you? Good. You are keeping busy, I presume, right? Uh, Monday of race week. Uh, tell me how your day went. Oh, uh, well, I tell you, Steve, with the, all the new construction going on around it, kind of a nightmare for trying to cover 26 miles so uh a lot of meetings with different construction companies today to i mean this is stuff we went over in the past but there's always little new uh ambiances that happen here and there so do you have to do you have to recertify the the route each year it's every 10 so after this year we'll every 10 years and we had a slight change in year two so we got a new certification that year. So every 10 years. So this summer we'll have to recertify uh, the course. So you have to do that every 10 years. So what uh, what are the numbers looking like as far as participants this weekend? Uh, so right now, so registration closed Sunday night. And uh, we, we closed at 13, roughly 13,600. And we actually reopened registration tomorrow. We've had a flood of calls of people saying, oh, I forgot to register. I wanted to register. And 
And don't worry, because it'll, it'll be open come tomorrow morning. It'll be open for registration uh, through the expo on Thursday and Friday. So you can register up till that time. And as far as the marathon itself, what, uh, what are the numbers looking like in your mind? Uh, the marathon's looking good. They're, they're about uh, 1,600, 1,700 uh, marathoners. You know, it's a, uh, we're obviously a Boston qualifier, but also we're known for a flat course. And a lot of people are trying to hit that, what they call B standard for the Olympic trials. And you can do that either by running um, either in the half or the full. You don't have to actually run the full marathon to get the B qualifying standard. And the B qualifying standard is just that's where you pay your own way to go to the, to the trials, which are in Atlanta. And, and, of course, if you hit the A standard, you get your way paid down there. So, Hey, Mike, this is Bob so Osmond. Oh, sorry. Yes. Oh, uh, could you uh, give me a local winner? Either men's or women's race on <laughs> on Saturday. He's going uh, to come to the race. He, he's writing. He's writing stories on both winners. So right. So I'd like a local winner. Can you do that? Guarantee uh, it for me. I can't. I can't do that for you. I mean, actually, the Julie Mills, who does our elite uh, program, she just sent me the list, and I haven't even had a chance to look at because I haven't had a chance to get on email today. So um, I, I can connect you with her, but I don't think she can predict a winner for you. That's so. right. Yeah, I think I think Rachel the Brewer from Tuscola that won you know mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. I think she's running, and uh, of course she'd be a local favorite. I think she's running. I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but uh, um, you know that would be my my local favorite, obviously. So, but yeah, that's you know you never know what happens in 26.2 miles. That's, that's why they run it. Mike, <laughs> is the word out internationally about this race? Do so you think people across the globe know about coming to Champagne, run this flat course? Run a good time. Do you think that's out there? Well, I do. So here's something that happened in March: is we had the um, uh, you know March Madness and Marathon. So there were 64 marathons selected throughout the uh, throughout the country, the United States, not the world, but the country. And so you competed against one marathon each time. So we made the final four. So the final four marathoners were the Christie Clinic Illinois Marathon, the Chicago Marathon the New York City Marathon, and the Boston Marathon. And I'll give you a slight guess of actually who won the championship. I'm going to go with Boston. No, we no. did. Yeah, they, <laughs> they he, did. Set, he set that, that up for you, Bob. You got to just gotta I knock known. that out of the park. Oh, I missed yeah, it. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's just something that, I mean, you know, and what it is is actually runners go on there and vote, and I don't know, they, there's a link that they went to and things like that. So, so, so you know, we, we usually get, you know, 40 five to 48 states each year we get about you know five or six countries and so we're we're getting that reputation of just being and and, you know it's not it's not our race it's our community that's getting that i mean they they love finishing at the 50 yard line but most of them really really say how do you get the whole city of champaign raban to buy into this race you know because we have people tailgating out of their driveways that we don't even know about so it's uh it's kind of a neat thing Mike, from the time the the five k starts on on Friday night to the the end of uh, all the races on Saturday, what's that twenty to twenty four hour span like for you at all? Uh, um, I'm basically well. It starts Friday morning. I'm setting up the courses and uh, the twenty six miles. I got twenty six miles of mile markers to put up. I've got um, all kinds of signage to put up. I you know I set up the stadium. I'm at the start line. So it's just it's like uh, uh, put it this way: I don't get much sleep. <laughs> so another couple of minutes with uh, Mike Lindeman, the longtime director of the Christie Clinic Illinois 
marathon and other uh, races tied to that uh, weekend. So what do you need? Is there anything out there that you're still looking to uh, get done? Do you need volunteers? Uh, we still are. We're, you know, it, it, it takes about 3,000 volunteers, but we, you know, we still need about 50 for our coursework on Saturday and, um, you know, get free swag. We have a, you know, we, we host a volunteer picnic on Sunday out at um, Parkland College from three to five. And, and we still need, I mean, it's, like I said, with the first 2,900 were easy. Now we're really digging <laughs> to try to find about 50 to 60 more volunteers. So, um, you know, you just go to IllinoisMarathon.com, and it's real easy. You click on the volunteer link, and actually you can do any position there that's listed, and, it, and it's real time. So if you pick a position, it goes away automatically. Um, and, you know, if people really are interested and they live on, on the course route, they can look and see if there's one down the block from them or on their block, and that and that would be great. And I would even deliver your stuff to you. And, and we even are still doing, you know, if groups of five or more that want to do donations to churches or their causes or whatever will – We'll do a donation uh, for that as well. So, so have you got a direct line to your favorite uh, weather person between now and then? Uh, no, I won't look at that till Wednesday, <laughs> maybe Thursday. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you know you know how Illinois weather is is wait five minutes it's going to change. So, <laughs> well, you've experienced in the in the previous ten years you've had uh, we've seen it all. <laughs> you probably have seen it all with the rain, cold, warm, uh, heat, uh, wind. Um, but this is yeah. this is pretty much you kind of touched on this a little bit ago. But it's, it's pretty much a fast track, right? It is. It's you know it's one of the flattest courses in the country. Honestly, it's it's uh, you know with the uh, National Geographic Survey people here, they I think our highest elevation is, is like thirty five feet. So, <laughs> yeah, nice. course, so it's, it's pretty flat. So. All right, Mike, we appreciate uh, your time. And uh, the IllinoisMarathon.com, is that uh, the, the location to go for that's volunteering? The, that's the website, yes. That's, uh, that'll get you to that'll take you any. If you're not running and you're trying to get out of town, you get on that website. And if you have nothing to do with the marathon, it gives you a beltway route. I mean, uh, we have a hotline number that I think that's on there if you want to call and you need to get to this place or that place. We're, you know, we try to be really community conscious. And, you know, obviously, you know, people are – are uh, not in some great positions at sometimes to get to point A to B, but we'll try to get you there the easiest way. Well, maybe not the easiest way possible, but the safest way possible. So. All right, Mike, we appreciate your time. Good luck, and uh, we'll be in touch as the week goes on. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. That's Mike Lindemann from the Illinois Christie Clinic Illinois Marathon coming up this weekend. It is 544. Take a time out and be back with more Monday Night Sports Talk after this. Stay with us. Illinois baseball coming off a weekend sweep at Penn State. On the road, as Brian mentioned there, at Bradley. On Tuesday, then on the road at Nebraska. They got it back to uh, 500 in the Big Ten at 6-6, Matt. Yeah, it was a mighty important weekend for them. Uh, I know Penn State isn't, uh, you know, the class of the Big Ten, but Dan Hartlip's team was in need of some conference wins, and uh, I think that'll help them. Uh, not only the rest of the season, but will probably come crucial uh, around selection time for the NCAA tournament because they had such a good non-conference part of the schedule and then really kind of struggled there at the, the start of Big Ten play. So it was good to see them get a walk-off win on, on Friday night and then uh, you know earn two close wins at home. And now we'll see if they can avenge a loss that they had last week to Bradley and Peoria tomorrow night before they go to what Bob Osmussen calls God's country. Um, it is God's Lincoln, country. Nebraska, where there'll probably be 10,000 people at a game because there's nothing else to do in wow. Lincoln, Nebraska. Wow, it's mean and 
True. True. <laughs> uh, the main thing about this team, I think, and you see the Big Ten, if they get their tournament, they've got a chance to win it because I don't think there's a team in the Big Ten right now you would say is the absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska was leading, I think. I'm not sure they went one and two at Iowa, so they could have dropped. So I don't think there's a team you'd say definitely is going to beat whoever in the Big Ten tournament. So I think Illinois has got a chance if they get there. And that's the whole thing. Had They had to sweep Penn State. That was mm-hmm. critical. And they did. They did a good job. Coming up Thursday night is the NFL draft. It was 29 years ago on this date that Jeff George wow. was taken as the number one pick by the Indianapolis Colts. Very cool. The two young lads. Were they born? Our weekly reminder, Scott, that yeah. we're not... I was born. We're not as wise as Bob. That was when it happened. Four. He was my neighbor. He lived in my building. Jeff did, and he had a party. <laughs> I think it's still going on. Actually, <laughs> he, had a, he had a good time, and he immediately bought a yellow Corvette almost within days. Bought a yellow Corvette to celebrate his you know found, newfound riches. But he was a great player. He was an awesome player. So best quarterback I've ever seen here. You think? Oh, here for me, yes. Thirty years, definitely the best quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, but I, I think it's up for conversation. I missed Mr. Duo. I missed So Eason. you missed Eason. So Eason's right. kind of so my missed, guy. Right. You're right. That'd be logical. And obviously played in the NFL for a long time, but yeah. so did George. But George is the best quarterback I've seen here, and it's not even close. He could fling it. He could fling it. He had a great release. He was easily a first round, first pick. I think we kind of got caught by surprise on that because – Think they said he said I'm going to go pro and he's like okay that's fine thinking he'll go a middle middle of the first round and as it got closer every day got he moved up he moved from ten to five to four to one quickly so how much attention will you pay to the draft a lot I, I watch it I, I'm, it's more because I know the guys and know, know the teams and the guy vote for for the Heisman is going to be the first pick in the draft so that's kind of cool and so I I, I think it's going to be interesting. What happens after one, because one's pretty so much set up. After one, it's going to be interesting to see how it all falls out. Who's the crazy team that takes a chance at XYZ? Um, quarterback at Ohio State's a wonderful player. Nick Post is a wonderful player. There's a lot of great players in this draft. When's uh, Is there going to be an Illinois player get his name called in the three days of the draft? If, they, if, they do, if there is, it'll be one guy to be <laughs> Nick Allegretti. I think it's very possible. Frankly, I think a guy like Ted... Ted Karras really helps them because you see Ted Karras third year, three Super Bowls, and so you see that guy and say, okay, that's an Illinois lineman. So Nick, maybe not far from him. I'll take that guy too. Sixth, seventh round, that'd be, he. you know, guys say, I don't I don't care. I just want a chance. That's true to a point, but it does mean something that the team says, we think you can help us. So I think if he goes in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, that'd be great. He'll, And I think, I really believe he'll make the team. Even if he doesn't get drafted, I'm oh, pretty yeah. confident he'll get a uh, sign as an undrafted free agent and get a chance to you know, earn a spot on the 53-man oh, yeah. roster. He's got a great uh, work ethic. Mm-hmm. He's got a great he, – everything about it. He's a smart kid. He's going to work harder than everybody else. He's got, a, he's got a great chance just because how he is. At some point, if you're not getting drafted, maybe you're better off to not get drafted in yeah, the, I, hear, I, I, hear, I see your point. I hear that all the time. But you can you might have a little better feel for opportunities that way. I, I, I think if you don't get drafted, you have your choice of what team you want right. to go to because yeah. you're gonna have you should have if your agent does his job well his or her job well enough, you're gonna have a bevy of 
teams that are going to be calling sure. you saying, hey, we want you to sign as an undrafted free agent, you know, and, and the players can kind of look at the roster makeup and kind of assess their chances more in, in terms of making the roster. And that also gets their their name out there because you see a lot of guys that sign as undrafted free agents that may not that may go through part of a training camp but may not stick with the, the final 50-man roster, and then they go to another team and, and bounce around the practice squad. And, you know, maybe a more recent example for Illinois when it comes to that is uh, a guy like Matt Lacoste. Uh, you know, he right. came to Illinois out of Naperville North as a, a high school quarterback, transitioned to a tight end, had some decent years, decent success, but didn't didn't get drafted and then, uh, you know, signed, I think, with the Giants as an undrafted free agent, saw time in a few games there, then landed a spot with the Broncos, saw some more playing time there, right. and now he's with the Patriots, and with the retirement of Rob Gankowski, he's got a chance to really see some meaningful snaps uh, next season and be counted on as a, a key guy. So that's kind of the upside for guys that, that don't get uh, don't get drafted. That's a great point. And I, I the only thing I come <coughs> down to is coaches and GMs, take the, they value the those picks. Belichick always trades for more picks. So if, if he picks you, that means he wants you. So if you're the guy, you're the 10th guy in the 7th round, it means they want you. So I think, but you're right. It's there's something nice about having a choice. There are some people that say there should be no draft, which would be complete chaos. But I think the players themselves, I think they like they like the draft. Kind of cool to be a first rounder. Scott Ritchie spent the weekend covering the NCAA gymnastics championships at the uh, State Farm Center. Did you enjoy that experience? Yeah, I mean, mostly for the fact that everything that was happening uh, on the floor at State Farm Center was something I could never do in my <laughs> lifetime i mean it, it's can't do the palm or some seriously impressive athletes um yeah, obviously for illinois alex dieb winning a, a second straight still rings national championship was the the high point of saturday um team wise i think everyone at illinois was disappointed with their fifth place finish but um kind of saw a big moment at the end where um stanford upset oklahoma uh for the national championship and Oklahoma had won the last four. It's all Stanford does is win national titles. Yes. Never sport. Cause they've got volleyball, women's swimming and now men's gymnastics so far uh, this year. But, uh, Oklahoma had won 121 straight competitions until Saturday night. So, and they lost by less than a point. Was it obvious to you that there was, they had won? I mean, it was cleared. Could you watch it and kind of figure out, Hey, I think Stanford's have been a little bit better. Um, a little bit. They were really kind of neck and neck going right. into the last rotation, and um, kind of the the big deal for Oklahoma on Saturday night was Yule Moldauer, who's the best gymnast in the country and was a fifteen time All American going into the, the, this year, uh, had a couple of slip ups on more than one event, so that uh, it cost Oklahoma some points, and then uh, Stanford ended on still rings and. You know, hit their last two routines and was enough to, to come away with the win. 5.55, Monday Night Sports Talk continues after this. Stay with us. A couple of minutes before 6 here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Some Illini events coming up this week. Big Ten Championships for men's golf. For women's golf, how about women's golf finishing yeah. second again in the Big Ten? They uh, they fared well over in Ohio, and that's great to see for Renee Sloan's program. For so many years, you saw Mike Small's men's program really exceed to the top, and it seems like the Illinois women are, are right there with them now, so uh, exciting to see uh, their developments on the course. Mike Small's team will certainly be favored in the Big Ten championships. They've won four straight, nine of the last ten. Also, men's and women's tennis Big Ten 
championships coming up this weekend. Yeah, again, both programs, uh, the men's team has a, the number two seed, the women are the number three seed, and uh, I know the women just upset Ohio State on on Sunday at home, and the men uh, will have to topple Ohio State maybe to, to win a Big Ten tournament title, but you have to feel good about both those programs' chances uh, to make the NCAA tournament next month. Major League Baseball tonight, the Cardinals open a series against the Milwaukee Brewers, and it's not in Milwaukee. Don't pitch to Kristen Yelich. I mean... At all. So they're going to get out of this week having played the Brewers 10 of the 19 times for the season, and yes. it's April. And like, don't don't pitch to Christian Yelich. Just walk him every time. Oh, you hit him. <laughs> that too. <laughs> hit him would be better. I'd hit him. Lay, lay your back. The Cubs no, are no. off until tomorrow. They still open a series with the Dodgers tomorrow at Wrigley Field, and the White Sox are in Baltimore tonight. Appreciate your time, guys. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you, Steve. Steve. Matt Daniels, Bob Osmus, and Scott Ritchie. Thanks to Ed Bonds as well. Monday Night Sports Talk, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Steve Kelly, have a good night, everybody.